You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. Well, good evening and welcome to episode 75 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and uh, Melbourne joining you as usual. We've got a special guest coming up. So we're going to leave cap or no cap till the end uh, of our interview with our special guest that we'll bring on in a little bit. But first of all, uh, how are you guys? Great to be chatting with you on this Sunday night. Doing great, Harp. Pretty good weekend here. Crappy weather, but we we spent most of it inside and uh you guys are just commenting another new jersey on the wall here the sens jersey i am not a sens fan i just mentioned that that uh was for when i was selected to be the flag boy for the senators so i went out and did a couple laps when you're doing that it's in the pitch black and they have the spotlight on you and i almost ran smack into the net when i was doing my lap and i was also like 10 times faster than the other kid and left them in the dust (laughs) and i remember like the whole time I'm trying to talk to players, but before the game, everyone's like, don't talk to Chris Phil or uh, Chris Neal. Don't talk to Chris Neal. Don't talk to Chris Neal. Like he, he does his routine, leave him alone, let him do his thing. And I'm standing there and he's just mad dog and like right past me doing his warm up, and I'm freaking out and getting taps from all the boys. And then, uh, yeah. So that Jersey was free. Thank God I'm running out of budget to get jerseys on the walls. So <laughs> doing pretty good here. How are you doing, Chad? That's great, man. Uh, I'm doing well. I like the whole uh, revolving door that you've got going on in in the background there with jerseys. That's pretty cool. Uh, I should certainly work on my background, but I do have this new light. Uh, that I brought. I went. I went to Toronto this weekend and uh, raided my old apartment to bring some things home. And this was one of the things I brought. I brought home was this LED light. So that should help the uh, production quality and should help your your eyes for your viewing pleasure. Um, I'm good, man. My weekend has revolved around uh, real estate, which is weird. Brooke and Cam just moved into their new house, so everybody was painting there and and everything. So that's super exciting. They're doing a lot of work to it. And uh, also, I just found out today that I will be now searching for a new apartment in Toronto uh, with Paige as well, moving into our own place, just the two of us, uh, no more roommates. So that's a big next step in in our lives and something we're looking forward to. So that's, uh, yeah. There's going to be more or less of a closet that you live in now. It, it will definitely be <laughs> less. It will have more space. And uh, it, it also means that I'll probably be spending less time here in Brockville and probably more time in Toronto. But anyways, enough about me. We actually have a special guest for this episode, and uh, Harper, why don't you uh, do the introduction? Well, he's uh, one of our most popular guests, and uh, he is our number one guy for all things Montreal Canadiens. Of course, uh, the big news uh, this past week about uh, the firing of uh, assistant coach Kirk Muller and head coach Claude Julian. We say hello and welcome back to Boys in the Booth, Mr. Alan Itmanski. Alan, how you doing, man? Good, guys. How are you guys all doing? We're good. We're good. 
Um, yeah, so Alan, just thank you again for, for doing this. And uh, right off the hop here, uh, just uh, what was your initial reaction to this news that came after the loss to the Ottawa Senators and uh, waking up to find out that Claude Julian and Kirk Muller are out behind the bench with the Habs? Kirk Muller kind of it kind of surprised me, but I'd been calling for the Julian uh, dismissal for a while. Like if you go back onto my Twitter account to last year, almost to the day, I I was calling for it then, and uh, we finally got our wish. And I think it's a step in the right direction, just because uh, Julian tends to be that guy who's really set in his ways on what he wants from his players. Doesn't really like to adapt on the fly. And I know I talked to some Boston fans who always used to tell me that was. That was what his downfall was, was that he just didn't want to adapt, didn't want to take uh, new strategies. And in Montreal, he had been there for a few years, didn't have a ton of success. And really, if you go back all the way to their uh, Boston's first cup, when he hasn't had a ton of success since then, he had one finals appearance uh, multiple times out in the first round and a good chunk not even in the playoffs. Um, and so I think this was a case of where Mark Bergevin, when he hired him, thought, okay, maybe we can rekindle some of that success he had in Boston. Didn't happen. And so this is the uh, result. St. Patty's Day is for pubs, not pubes. Manscaped is the global leader in below-the-waist men's grooming, and they sponsor the show to ensure that you have the best tools for your ball trimming experience. So, if you plan on getting lucky on this St. Paddy's Day, well then you might as well go to manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free international shipping with the code BITB20. And right now, you're in luck because the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and No hair trimmer which is waterproof and uses a 9000 rpm motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system wow that was a mouthful look guys 79 percent of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff so why not use the best tools for the job here this bundle includes the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer the best trimmer on the market for your balls butt and body and their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents and thanks to their advanced skin safe technology you'll feel confident in shaving your thunder down there you can also get festive and safely shave a shamrock into your pubes you and your partner will get lucky all right their lawnmower 3.0 will showcase your pot of gold like no other and let's not forget their famous liquid formulations the crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver ball toner both to maximize your ball hygiene routine so get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. And also every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. So again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code BITB20. It will really help us out. We appreciate all the, the love and support, guys. There's gold at the end of the rainbow here with Manscaped. Uh, 
and and Alan, what uh, what are you expecting from Dominic Ducharme now behind the bench? Alex Burrows uh, also an assistant coach, but uh, Bergevin seems to be really high on Ducharme, ga- giving him that vote of confidence coming in uh, with the interim tag uh, behind the bench with the Habs, saying that he is a part of that new wave of coaches in the league. Now, what are you expecting from Dominic Ducharme moving forward? I think Habs fans got a glimpse of it in uh, Saturday's game against the Winnipeg Jets where you saw the defense jumping into the rush and uh, creating a ton of offense for them. And that's going to be a staple for Dom Ducharme's teams is that he wants to get the defense in active. He wants to give the forwards a little bit more of a uh, rope to play with than Claude Julien would have. And uh, the other thing I think that you're going to see is he's not going to he's not going to keep in that trend of going back and forth between Carey Price and Jake Allen. I think he's going to ride whoever's got the hot hand. And we saw Carey Price get the first start against Winnipeg in Ducharme's first game. And a lot of people were kind of crying and whining about that in Habs Nation. But it's a new coach. Everybody's got a new clean slate. So Carey Price gets the opportunity to show that he can shoulder the load. He didn't. And so now it's Jake Allen's turn, and he turned in a great performance last night. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, whenever whenever a new coach comes in, it, it always kind of seems that a few guys here and there find their game and are able to shine under a different coach. You know, you got a lot of young, uh, very skilled players on this team that maybe haven't seen all of their potential yet. Is there any guys on the team that you think specifically are going to benefit from the coaching change? John Drouin, I'm hoping anyways, because there's a little <laughs> bit of history between them. Um Ducharme coached in Halifax. Drewen was there. So I'm hoping that there can be a little bit of familiarity there. Maybe he can get some confidence going back in his game because he hasn't been terrible. Um, if you look at his his stat line, but Habs Nation, he's a he's a French guy. They haven't had that bona fide French star. And when they went out and got him, Drewen had all this praise that he was going to be that guy, and he hasn't turned into that. I think. He's one of those players that can really um, blossom under Ducharme. And the other guy that I'm looking at is uh, Jesperi Kokaniemi. Third overall pick. So you have you have big hopes for a guy like that. And it's almost like he's been stuck in neutral in these first two years of his career. Hasn't taken off. Hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't taken off. And so maybe Ducharme and the addition of Alex Burrows can relate to him in a different way that uh, an older coach like Claude Julien wasn't. Yeah, yeah, Alan, sure. I had a question for you now. Um, we're talking about players who you think are going to be able to benefit from this coaching change here. Obviously, we closed Julian out and Dom Ducharme in. Um, let's talk about another guy, Philip Deneau, who has you know has some documented struggles this season. And uh, you know there were contract talks early in the season talking about a long-term extension that he allegedly turned down in hopes for more money. So, so what do you think a, a coaching change is going to do for a player like Deneau? After game number two against Winnipeg, it's not really looking too good for him so far. Um, And he's been one of the guys that's frustrated me beyond uh, anything this year, just because you mentioned the contract status and him turning, well, apparently turning it down and he still hasn't scored yet this year. So I'm, I'm hoping that Dom Ducharme can kind of boost his confidence a little and maybe tweak the lineup because Julian liked to go back to his old faithful in the lines, and right away, game one, Dom Ducharme shook them up a little bit in game two. He did a little more. So maybe it's just a matter of finding Ducharme that right uh, chemistry with some players, and he can get going because we saw over the last year, year and a half, two years, that he can really be a um, solid two-way centerman in the NHL. NHL, really, a, I guess a, a cheap 
version of a Guy Carbono type of player. But this year he hasn't been that. So for him, if he can get back to that, he will be a huge benefit to the Habs. Alan, we've been focusing a lot on the coaching staff, but let's move on to the general manager, Mark Bergevin, of this team. A big offseason. The Montreal Canadiens spent the most money this offseason during a pandemic uh, out of all the other teams in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, he, he gave Claude Julien uh, pretty much everything he needed, depth scoring, a strengthened blue line, a really good backup goaltender, and, and all of that. And it still didn't work out. So now with bringing in Ducharme and Alex Burrows, next you got to look at is Bergevin to potentially lose his job uh, at the end of this season. Uh, how hot is the seat under Mark Bergevin right now if things don't go well uh, here moving forward? That right front burner on your stove is turned up to nine right now underneath <laughs> Mark Bergevin. Because if you look at it, Michel Terry and that's strike one against him. Now Claude Julien is strike two. So he's on strike three and we're right in spring training as we're recording this. So he's sitting in the batter's box with two strikes against him. So he's got to go down swinging. Uh, this is this is the guy that he brought into the organization as kind of the one to take over down the road. I think the whole process got sped up with the Claude Julien firing. But when they brought Dom Ducharme in, everybody was raving about how he was going to be a head coach at the NHL level. And I think Montreal saw that and went out and grabbed him, put him into the, into the system before somebody else could. Do you see Ducharme as the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens long-term, Alan? I do because Jeff Molson has made it abundantly clear that uh, the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens has to speak English and French. And so right away, you limit your choices, whether or not I agree with that. Completely different question. Um, but there's not a whole ton of options out there. They've got Ducharme under contract. And Bergevin came out here and said that it's his job to lose right now. He's got it and he'll have it until he loses it. And I don't see how he can do a real worse job than what kind of has been going on the last 10 games so as a Habs fan I'm hoping it's all up from here yeah yeah and you, when you think about Bergevin I think it's uh sorry it's Ducharme is that his name yeah yes. I think the I think the success of him is really <laughs> um that's what's gonna make or break Bergevin I think that you know, this was his big move he's never been afraid to make a big move which is something I really respect about him and you know, firing the coaches. This was his guy that he wanted to bring in. I think that he's going to have success or Bergevin's going to be next. He's, he's out as well. Yeah. And keeping, uh, sorry to just jump in here, keeping on that same track and building off that question there is just, we're looking at this whole team. And when I look at it, I don't see many holes in this lineup. I see a few players who maybe are underperforming, a few players who, you know, look like they're about to break out. Maybe this coaching change will do that. But uh, when, if you're Mark Bergevin, Alan, and you're looking at this lineup, you've already fired the coach. That's step one. Are there any step twos in, in helping to, to, to fill a hole in this lineup? Do you see any holes or, or what are your thoughts on that? In a normal season, I'd like to see them go out and maybe get a puck moving defenseman or that bona fide superstar. Because the one hole with this Habs lineup is um, they don't have that real game breaker yet. Uh, it might be one of the younger guys who turns into that in a year or two, but right now they don't have it. If you look across the NHL at those teams who are in the um, 
Stanley Cup threat conversation. They all have that one guy that if you're down in a game and you're looking for a goal, they have that one guy that they can go to. And for the Montreal Canadiens, they don't really have that. There's a few guys that you can say, oh, we'll go and we'll put that line out or we'll try this line. But there's not that uh, that set guy that you can put out there. They had it a few years ago, and this is going back maybe a decade, when they had a player like Alex Kovalev who could go out there and just drop jaws when you needed um, a big goal. But they haven't really had it in a while, and I think that's one of the missing pieces that uh, Mark Bergevin would like to add. But because of the COVID season and the border restrictions and the quarantine rules, it becomes a little harder for him to do that unless you're dealing with another Canadian team. Yeah, yeah, it's impossible to get a guy into your team this year. And especially in Canada, you're going to be locked down for or uh, quarantined for 14 days. And that's I mean, if you're the Devils, that's seven or eight games. Well, and yeah. I think I think that's a big reason why Mark Bergeron had to go this route of firing Claude Julian because the first first thing any uh, GM will tell you is you try to try to fix things through adding a player or making a big trade. Well, if you look at what's available through the other Canadian teams, there's not a real whole lot available that's going to help them right now, and so you have to look south of the border. And if you make a trade with any of those teams, you're losing players for two weeks, seven games, like we saw with uh, Dubois and, and Winnipeg. Yeah. And uh, Alan, you know, despite the recent struggles, I mean, this is still a very good hockey team. I think we all of us maybe got a little carried away with the hot start that they had. But I think it's safe to say that this team will still be in the top four in that North Division. I'm sure you'll agree. Absolutely. I think when you look at what the other teams have and the struggles they've um, went through so far. I think Montreal's still there in the end. I think probably Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, and Calgary or Edmonton um, out of the, the Canadian division. And I think that Carey Price probably finds his game at some point this year. Up to this point, they've been going back and forth between Price and Allen. And really for goalies, it's hard for them to get into a rhythm when you're going back and forth. Can't really string together two, three starts like that. And one of the things Dom Ducharme said is that he's going to start riding his goalies a little more than they were prior to him taking over the head coach role. So something like that, he goes with Jake Allen right now. Let's carry Price, figure it out in practice and off days. And then he can go back to him. And hopefully we see bubble carry Price instead of what we have this year so far. Yeah, that's so important because you talk about how this team doesn't have like one guy that goes out and scores the goal to win the game. Well, they always had Carey Price to put them in a position where they didn't need to score any goals because he's stopped in all the pucks. Well, if he's not doing that, then this team is in trouble. So, yeah, it, it's important that he, he gets to figure it out. And if that's through playing Jake Allen a lot, then that's great. If that's through playing Carey Price over and over again, that's fine, too. Like either way, figure it out. <laughs> Well, and Carey Price covers up a lot of those defensive miscues most seasons, and so they don't jump out off the page. But right now, I think with the way that he's been playing and the lack of foot speed, I guess we'll say, for Montreal's defense, because they're big and they're physical, but they're not really fleet of foot uh, and a little older, some of them. Uh, right now, all those defensive miscues are getting magnified for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and and Alan, before this interview, I mean, we were talking uh, earlier last week after the news came out. I was listening to uh, TSN 1200, and and Tony Marinero was on, who of course uh, works for TSN Radio in Montreal, and he said something that I thought was pretty interesting. And he says, you know, Montreal is is stuck a little bit because they're so committed to Carey Price and to Shea Weber. Those are both big tickets for a long time. But speaking of Price specifically, he said, you know. 
Well, this is a $10.5 million goaltender and enough is enough with, you know, coming to his defense right away so that we don't hurt his feelings or whatever. He just has to be better. And I'm sure you'll agree that that's a fair assessment from uh, Tony Marinaro. I agree 100% with that. And sometimes Montreal media fans, they like to coddle Carey Price just because of that uh, price tag. But I will say one thing that if Montreal was to put Carey Price on waivers tomorrow, he's not going through the waiver wire unclaimed. Somebody's grabbing him, whether it's it's Colorado or maybe the Rangers or somebody like that. He's not going unclaimed. So everybody still thinks very highly of him around the NHL. And in the right situation, if you put him on a team like Colorado, I instantly think right away they're probably the team that everybody's picking to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Chad, did you want to jump in here with anything last uh, for, for Alan? Yeah, I did. And actually, I just want to apologize quick. I was getting a couple of texts uh, on my laptop. So I don't know if you guys heard that, but they're super loud ringing in my ear. So sorry, uh, listeners, for that. But uh, yeah, Alan, we talked a lot about uh, the short term so far and talk, talking about this season specifically and this COVID season. But I actually wanted to extend our look and, and take a look at the, the next few seasons here coming up you mentioned Carey Price you know how Ducharme is going to be riding the hot hand and we mentioned you know it well documented so far that Carey Price has been struggling but my question I guess is do you see a scenario in the future for this team of a potential buyout of Carey Price and do you think that could be a move in the future I'm not saying you should buy out Carey Price right now and for the listeners stop that's not what I'm saying but do you think that that could be a potential situation in the next couple years or so if things continue going down a bad path for Carey Price and do you think that would be able to help out Montreal and getting maybe a star forward up front using that kind of money I don't know if I necessarily see a buyout per se, but I do see maybe a, a big name trade happening where the Habs have to eat like half of his contract or something along those lines, because uh, a, a goalie like Carey Price, it just it doesn't really make a whole ton of sense to go out and use your compliance buyout on him. A player like Scott Gomez or something like that that they've done in the past makes a little more sense and. Who knows, you could need that uh, on Shea Weber in a couple seasons' time, so you might have to save that and, and just work with somebody to get rid of Carey Price. If that goes down, Montreal's going to have suitors lining up, and they'll definitely be able to stock their um, their lineup and their farm system because uh, every year the NHL releases that player survey where it's anonymous, but the players give their honest opinions on which goalie is the best, and Carey Price is always at the top of it. And so that just tells you what his reputation is across the league. And so if there's a team right knocking at the door of being a, a legitimate contender, that captain on that team might be going to their GM and saying, hey, let's go get Carey Price. Yeah, and according to the media, or not the media, maybe the fans, all those armchair GMs, it's it's pretty simple, guys. All they have to do to fix this team is trade Carey Price for Sidney Crosby, and it's done. <laughs> well, that, that already went down two weeks ago, did not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that on Instagram. The trade was one for one. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, I've got one more for you here, Alan, uh, before we wrap up this interview. And uh, there uh, there was a, a rumor, uh, of course, uh, you know, I mean, there are a ton of rumors about the Nashville Predators right now, what they're going to do with a guy like Philip Forsberg. And uh, it is rumored that uh, the Habs uh, would have interest in a guy like that playing very well for them, that uh, top scoring winger that could help out any team. Uh, do, do you think there could be a potential fit there or deal? 
deal that could go down for Forsberg uh, to join the Habs? I could see it. He, he's definitely that guy that they're, I don't know if they're really missing, but they haven't had in a while. And I know Montreal fans like to um, overvalue their players. But if the ask was a player like Jesperi Kokaniemi, I'm listening to that deal. I know uh, a lot of Habs fans got up in arms when I said that I would trade him in a deal to get Pierre-Luc Dubois, and they were mad about that. But you have to give something to get something, and that's what a lot of them don't understand, is that, yeah, he might turn into something, but you're not going to just trade nothing and get a player like Philip Forsberg. You've got to really make it worth the Nashville Predators' while. And you mentioned they're a team that's going to have to start rebuilding and so they're going to be looking for those young pieces, and a guy like Kakinyemi could be that player that they really start to build their world lineup around. No, absolutely. Uh, guys, Case, Chad, anything uh, last here for Alan before we wrap up? Uh, nothing I have on uh, the top of my head, but I know you got a, a pretty good outlook for the, the, the youth in the future, so this is we're checking all the boxes here and way in in the future, but who do you want to see Montreal draft this year? That's a tough one because they don't even know if they're going to have one draft this year and then another next year or two yeah. drafts back to back. Um, and so it's so tough to uh, say what will happen. But I wouldn't be opposed to them drafting Kings and Frontenac forward chain right down the road. <laughs> <That'd be pretty laughs> cool. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Eh? I guess you could settle for that. Okay, yeah, I guess... Uh, let me let me change my question to maybe not who do you want to see get drafted. Shane Wright would be awesome, but um, w- like what do you think they need to go after? Like what maybe position or or play style type thing? I think they need that that power forward. They don't really have any of those in, the, in their system right now. Nick Suzuki, he's smaller and he's going to be that two way center. Cole Caulfield again is a smaller guy, and they've got some mm-hmm. solid defensemen in their system right now, but they don't have a real big forward that is your first round draft pick. And I think maybe heading into the next year's draft, whether it's part one or part two, or if it happens this year, that might be something that they're looking to add. For sure. Maybe not necessarily power forwards, uh, but you know, two guys I'm excited about coming into Montreal here uh, in the near future are Luke Tuck and Jan Meshack. I'm sure you are as well, Alan. Mishak really impressed me last season in the OHL when he came over, and I was super excited when they were able to snag him in this past draft. And Luke Tuck too has tons of uh, tons of praise from tons of different hockey circles when you look at him. And if he turns out to be anything like his brother, I, I'm going to be okay with that uh, draft pick. Yeah, Uh, yeah, definitely. Alex Tuck, a great player for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Alan, thanks so much for this. And, uh, you know, you, of course, uh, like we said off the top, our number one guy when it comes to all things Montreal Canadiens. You can follow him on Twitter at Alan at Mansky. Thanks so much again, Alan. We will do this again. Cheers. All right. Thanks, guys. And hopefully uh, next time we talk, it's because Montreal's on a big playoff run and not (laughs) blowing up the system again. (laughs) Thanks so much. You're listening to Boys in the Booth, a local hockey podcast. Thanks again to Alan at Mansky uh, for coming on to talk about the coaching change and all things Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he was great once again, wasn't he, guys? Yeah, so knowledgeable and uh, definitely love his voice for uh, for what he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Alan's great. He, he he loves the Habs, and you can tell, but um, he's not blinded by that love. You know, he's, he's pretty rational when it comes to the Habs. So I, I always like Alan's takes, and uh, yeah, it was good to have him on. And of course, next time something big happens in uh, La Belle Provence, we'll be sure to have him on again. Definitely. Thank you again to Alan Atmansky for coming on the pod. Okay, boys, uh, to wrap it up, uh, we will go into cap or no cap. It's now time for Cap or No Cap on Boys in the Booth. I've got three questions here for you two and uh, a couple on the Buffalo Sabres to start a uh, team that is struggling yet again. Uh, I'm just feeling great about that. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, they've been talked about a lot. So we'll, we'll get into those two questions to kick off cap or no cap uh, before we wrap up the podcast. Okay. So here we go. Uh, number one, the Buffalo Sabres bringing in Taylor Hall in the off season showed that they did not think Jeff Skinner was capable of a bounce back season cap or no cap case uh i'm gonna say cap i think that any chance you get to to bring in a star player like this at the the cap that they did and and you know for one year it just shows that they're ready to make the next step to to make a playoff push and and that actually shows more confidence in the players that they have right now to me it means that they think as a group this team can get it done and taylor hall is going to be the guy that pushes them over the edge that's what they thought yeah, I completely Ugh. agree, Case. I'm going to say cap to that one. I think um, they had all the confidence in the world that Jeff Skinner would bounce back. And if they didn't, then they would have tried to trade him in the offseason before he put up 15 straight games without a point or whatever the hell for the Sabres this season. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say cap. I think they expected bigger things this season. Bringing in Taylor Hall, again, like Casey said, was just not wanting to miss on a player who was, first of all, a superstar and also willing to sign in Buffalo. So those are two things that don't come very often. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think bringing in Taylor Hall was exactly that. They wanted to push them over the edge, and I think they expected Jeff's to have a bigger year and he just hasn't so we know my thoughts on this personally i think they should fire ralph krueger for his poor deployment of the players but that's a conversation for a different day or maybe a different question yeah that's right and like you said case it hasn't uh, worked out quite like they imagined but I, I he's just too good of a player to uh not bounce back and heat up at some point so uh we'll have to wait and see and uh the report came out uh last week or whenever that uh hall his agent uh and the sabers are mutually interested in an extension so we'll wait to see uh what comes out on that front okay another buffalo question uh several nhl teams could use the services of Brandon Montour cap or no cap Chad yeah I think Brandon Montour is another player who you expected more from this season Um, and and by the way I'm going to say no cap so I'm saying that other teams could use his services Um, yeah I, I think he could be a nice depth piece for a team looking to make a playoff push but Again, with all the the trade, you know, how tough it is going to be to trade this season, that's something that should get done sooner rather than later because let's be honest, and my apologies, Harp, I don't think the Sabres are making the playoffs this year. 
I'm going to say I'm going to say cap, not because Brandon Montour is not a good player, but because I don't think that they should move him. I think they should hold on to him. And, you know, they kind of have a, a little bit of, of a depleted decor right now, some injuries back there. And especially Jake McCabe's going to be out for a while here. So you're, you're really going to have to rely on Montour here and uh, hope Ristolainen can come back swinging as well. Yeah, Ristolainen just got back into the lineup, so that's huge. But yeah, you know, they gave up a lot for a guy like Brandon Montour. It hasn't quite worked out. Uh, He is on the trade block, and he's got a year left on his deal. Arizona could be a potential fit, so we'll have to wait and see about uh, Montour and where he goes. Uh, And okay, final question for cap or no cap. Given their recent struggles, they are 1-5-2 and two in their last eight games. The Columbus Blue Jackets, of course. John Tortorella will not be behind the bench with the Blue Jackets by the April 12th deadline. Cap or no cap case? Oh, man. That, that's, that's a tough, tough question. One. That's a tough one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I feel like maybe he, I'm going to say... Let's say he's going to be there. I think he's going to be sticking around um, mostly because there's been success with Patrick Laine so far. I think if there wasn't, I think if he fudged that up, then he, he's going to be on the chopping block and be out of there right away. But I think he's such a great coach. I know that he, he's always in the media for some negative things, but I, I really do think he gets the job done. And I don't know if that's the problem in Columbus right now. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree. So I'm, I'm going to say uh, cap to your statement. Uh, you're saying he won't be there. So I'm saying he will be there um, at the trade deadline still. And for the remainder of this season, I think, um, you know, like Casey said, just to reiterate, he's a good coach. I don't think that's the problem in Columbus right now. Um, Patrick Laine has looked great even through this skid that Columbus is currently going through. Um, all things considered, I don't think he's the problem in Columbus. I think they have a handful of players who maybe might be underperforming and they just need to get going. And I think at the end of the day, like this is a good team with two good goalies, with a pretty good forward group now after bringing in Laine. Really great defense. And uh, yeah, it's just a team that I think is going to figure it out. And, and this five-game skid shouldn't be a cause for an overreaction here in, in firing the coach all right good stuff boys alan at mansky and cap or no cap on episode 75 of the podcast that is a wrap we will talk to you again next week and by the way i will tease this we've got another guest a great interview coming up for episode 76 uh, so looking forward to that thanks so much and we'll talk to you again next week yeah you boys <laughs> new mike I didn't even say anything. I know. I thought we were going to talk about it. I leave this in. We're still recording. We're still recording. New mic. Budget. (laughs) The budget increases. The sponsorship money. It's come in. Thank you very much. Do I sound good? I think you sound great. And and yeah. So so yeah. This is something that we didn't talk about, and we'll we'll keep this in because. We finally got Casey after months of me bugging him to get a new microphone, and we did it because of you guys, the listeners at home, who used our discount code at manscaped.com, who gave us money to buy this new mic. So isn't that amazing? Crazy, crazy idea. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's on to the point where I I was like, you know what? I'll just spend the money because I'm not going to spend the money to buy a new mic. I'm going to spend the money to shut chat up. Yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> I would too. So, guys, you know what's next, right? You know what's next on the agenda is for Harp to get a new mic as well. Am I right? That's right. New mic and a new internet connection, and the boys will be bawling. 
It'll be unreal. We, we've, already, we've already been buzzing, balling, whatever you want to say. But yes, uh, those two things will certainly help. So I'll get on that. Okay. Bit of an awkward ending, but I think we, we wanted to mention that. So I think that's everything. Right, guys? Yeah. Yep, sure is. Thanks so much. Talk to you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.